This guy's just like the Yoda of this music shit. Mythical, like voodoo shit. Laying down barefoot with his eyes closed, gently swaying his head. What is this guy actually doing? That that little part was I felt that interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there he does. Welcome back to the One More Time Show. It's been a minute, man. I felt like I was on my deathbed. Wait, you got to let me do that. We got Drake on the show now. Welcome, Drake. Right before this episode, we are huge Rick Rubin fans, first and foremost. Massive. Yep. So he's pushing this new book. So he's doing the press run, right? He's doing interviews. He's doing 60 Minutes, which is what we just literally finished watching. I've watched it now like three times because I love Rick. What'd you think of that? It's it sums up, I mean, who he is and how, how he thinks perfectly. And this guy's just like the Yoda of this music shit, man. I think I love the fact that, you know, Anderson Cooper asks him, do you play any instruments? Barely. Not at all. <laughs> do you know how to use that soundboard over there? I don't know. Or he was like... I know nothing technical. I know nothing technical and I know nothing about music. I know nothing about music. Says, that was the most... Yeah, that, that was, was the like, craziest That was one. aggressive. That one was a little aggressive. You clearly know something about music, but I get what he's trying to say by that, right? Like, it's it's the feeling thing for him. It's it's very spiritual type of situation when it comes to producing for him, right? Yeah, how much of it now, like, when he says shit like that, is, like, part of the brand, right? Totally part of the brand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, like- I, w- I would venture to say a couple of Anderson's questions were, like, you know consulted Leading. by Rick Rubin, you know, they're just perfect, like the perfect question. So what do they pay you for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My taste, you yeah. know? Yeah, it, it, no, I, I definitely agree that it felt a little bit like leading. And once again, you know, shout out to him, his new book on creativity. I think he is one of the most creative people in the world, though. Um, Across I, genres, too. And, and I think his creative spirit is beautiful in the fact that, like, his approach really is to genuinely get the best out of the artists that he works with, have them be their truest, most authentic selves and create the most genuine art. Right. And all that shit sounds like so fluffy and like bullshit. Right. And, and I think, you know, people call him like the guru and whatnot. And it does have this like weird, like cult, like, you know, kind of, it's very Zen. It's almost religious kind of feeling to it. Yeah. Weird, yeah, weird but kind of, but it is a very interesting, you know, approach. I mean, the fact that he refers to himself as a reducer instead of a producer. I love that. Reduced by Rick Rubin, not produced by Rick Rubin. It's yeah, like, bring me what you got, and then let's strip it to the elements that actually, like, the bare minimum needed to get the message across. Yeah, is a beautiful thing. I think the funniest was Chuck D. You know, they interviewed Chuck D. to get his perspective because obviously he like was very closely yeah. you public know, enemy. tied to public enemy. And he he reminisced about like how Rick will lay down, you know, eyes closed to the, hear the music and consume the music. Yeah. Right. And he straight up was like, yo, is this dude asleep? Like, <laughs> like for real. He's thought. laying down barefoot with his eyes closed, gently swaying his head. What is this guy actually doing? Yeah. <laughs> It's 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 incredible what he's done, man. I mean, for me, the impressive, the most impressive part is probably just the you know, no bound to any genre. Yeah, right. That's kind of what proves his whole thesis because his whole thing falls apart if it only works in one genre, right? But the fact that you can do this for Johnny Cash and then System of a Down and then Jay Z and, and Red Hot Chili Peppers and Public Enemy yeah. and Adele Kesha, like yeah. the, the fact that it works, you know, your theories work for all these different artists in, in these different genres kind of 
you know, it kind of validates it, man. It's hard to argue that this shit's like not working. You know, it's he's just confident in his taste and believes in nothing more than making the best song possible, and that's super valuable, I think. Yeah, it's um, it's just interesting, I think, how he can approach all of those artists, right? I would love... Who approaches I, who, I wonder? Yeah, and, and I think, you know, shit, we started talking about the business side of it and how much he gives a fuck, right, about yeah. that and who handles that because the dude's getting paid. Right. For sure. He's not missing any meals. Right. His house is a very nice, He would have you believe home. that he doesn't care about the money, maybe, yeah. by the way he talks, but yeah. he's, he's got to figure Dude's it out. Dude's getting paid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I just think it's interesting as far as, like, to get the truest art form out of these creatives right like i do still wonder because you don't see too much interactions out there right like you'll you'll hear these little things or whatever but the cameras are rolling and shit like i'd love to be a fly on the wall at shangri-la man yeah. and really know what the pre-production and pre-recording process and conversations look like because how do you get the best out of an, out of an artist if you don't know them and you don't know how they like to work right so there's got to be a lot of like getting to know one another and figuring that out and how that looks like for rick and, and the various artists he's worked with i'd love to know like more about it man i got a feeling that a lot of it it's, i'm feeling that it's less than you think like he's not doing as much as people think but as like maybe lazy or lame as that sounds, I think that's part of the beauty. I kind of equate it to like engineering when I'm mixing a record. Like I used to always think like, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. So much of it though is figuring out what's working and just like stepping back first and kind of taking a breath, seeing like what about this is actually working and does not need to be messed with. There's an en engineer named um, Andrew, God, what's his name? Andrew something. He, he like trolls about mixing. He's one of the greatest mixers of all time. And he's like, well, I like this part, but so I left it alone. Um, this sounded really cool on this part, so I left that alone. Um, this intro was really working, so I left that alone. And it's like he's joking and trolling, but like that is like a lot of, you know, what the process should be. There's people that just give their input or change something kind of for the sake of doing it. And everyone that I hear talking about Rick in the studio, it's like he's sitting there, he's laying there, he's not saying much, he's not doing much. But at the right time when there's just one thing that could maybe be better here in this part kind of just sets in motion a chain of events that just makes the whole outcome better okay so here's what i really want to know then let me put it this way he gave an example that i think is exactly what i want to hear more examples like this but just across all the different artists he's worked with right so tom petty last dance with mary jane yeah did you hear the like story about uh, i it think it was in that one right yeah exactly mm -hmm. so to, to recap basically that that that, said, that riff Tom Petty sent five songs and there was like a little riff where he was warming up and he was like that that felt very real That's it the was best in part. between tracks <laughs> yeah. or something yeah. as like a warm up to the next one right he had sent like five demos yep. and yeah to your point it was just a fucking around not to ever actually meant to be heard this is back when like you couldn't probably like easily mix or like chop something you know what I mean it was just like the tape was running type shit right right sends it to Rick and Rick's like, Hey, like that, that little part was, I felt that interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very so like even something like that, I can understand where they would then credit or like Tom Petty would then credit Rick to like birthing yeah. this beautiful thing that became, even if he did nothing after that, exactly. He's the reason that exactly. It but I want to hear more examples like that. Yeah. Where, what is he saying? 
or doing yeah. those critical little pieces. And the problem is, I bet the artist can't even necessarily remember. Yeah. But they just know that when they were in that fucking room with him, whatever happened, happened. It's like lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Kind of thing. So I do wonder how much is like that mythical like voodoo shit and like how much is actual like him picking out a certain thing to do yeah. that then changed the whole trajectory of the record. No, I, I kind of see it when I'm making beats. I've had things happen on accident that turn out to be the coolest fucking part of the beat or mixing a song. I was working on a song with Leah and I had a plug-in was just bugging out and causing her vocals to like repeat and like go and move around left and right and do this some kind of crazy type of motion. And at first, you know, you're like, what the hell? And then you kind of just actually listen to it. And you're like, it kind of just fit the vibe of the record. It was chaos, but it kind of made sense. And uh, I was out in LA. I had mileage, shout out mileage, former guest playing guitar and we we're working on beats together. And we had a very dark kind of base of a beat going and he was laying guitar on top of it and kind of just still like figuring out what the chords were. He had just pulled it out, just plugged it in. He's got, you know, most of the chords, right. But he would hit like an off one sometimes. And I remember like it catching my ear, like, Ooh, that, that chord didn't really make sense there, but it had a feeling. So that's when I kind of feel Rick in those yeah. moments. Yeah. And I mean, music's all about feelings for sure. It is. So he, that's his favorite word. Probably. Yep. Yep. For sure. It's definitely right. his most used uh, word in the dictionary. <laughs> yeah. Moving on though, to something that's a little more ratchet. Move on from Rick to ratchet. We have to. From Rick to ratchet. It's going to be the Rick, title of this show. <laughs> from Rick to ratchet. One more time show. Um, 21 Savage, man. What's he doing? Let me start by saying this. <laughs> What's he doing, man? He's fucking up. Oh, at least he fucked up. And because um, he, you know, yeah, you know, you hear his music, you know, the type of dude that he is. But <laughs> I still think he's smarter than people give him credit for. He is a smart dude. Yeah. He he kind of gets it. This was not smart. This might have been a, I don't know if it was like he was drinking kind of thing. Or just or, complete lapse of judgment, regardless of substances involved or not. He's just from the streets and about that life, and it brought it out of him. But yeah, for people that don't know, go ahead. And- yeah, I mean, to the best of my ability, and I'm just hearing clips, obviously. Shout out Clubhouse. How the fuck are y'all still around? Little but yeah. I thought that was like a fad. I think that Twitter spaces came and went. Taking him out. I think it's been infiltrated by this type of conversation majority now, which is yeah. a big you know, reason why 21 should probably just stay the fuck off Clubhouse, but... Well, shout out Meezy, too, for keep making Clubhouse a thing with the Mizo Estates. I was tapped into some of the Mizo Estates. Yeah, I'm not sure Meezy, his manager, condones this type of behavior on that. I'm sure okay, he does so, Go ahead. So, to summarize, basically, he gets into an argument yeah. with what was called a Chicago goon. The guy didn't even get a name just in the headlines. Na- I was nameless op. <laughs> nameless op from Chicago, <laughs> from Chirac. Basically... 21 would go on to get extremely heated, uh, very vocal, very riled up about the fact that a bunch of people died in Chicago and a bunch of him and his homies here in Atlanta and or I guess in Chicago did not die. (laughs) And it was implied that those people died at the hands of his people like that, that that's that's the conversation that was kind of being had 21 right? essentially said you know when me and my gang got ops 30 of them die yeah in real life kind of yeah thing. It's so like, now nah, it's that's not you know it's a public forum man it's like obviously there's people listening it's probably recorded obviously it's on social media already 
you know, the judges of his future Rico case are going like this probably right now. Yeah, multiple, like, you know, defense lawyers and shit, like, came out being like, yo, you should probably stop. I saw like, the one said that APD actively listens to everything y'all are talking about. Why wouldn't they? On here. Of course they do. It's like yeah. open season. Yeah. It's a public forum. I think people get comfortable, maybe, or the technology seems like not real life, but it's yeah. definitely real life and has real world implications. Yeah, you man. I mean? And like, once again, we're not here to condone or, you know, throw judgment on the actions that may or may not actually have been committed, right? That he implied. That's a whole other conversation is it, like, you know. It is. It is. But my do we point. Tell him, do we want him to shut the fuck up or do you want justice for him actually murdering people? Yeah. I mean, my point is, is that. I just think he should watch what he's saying. My point is more so honestly as well for just like public perception. Yeah. Just in general, yeah. if I'm managing an artist like 21, I want you to watch what you're tweeting. I want you to watch what you're saying. I mean, that just comes with like basic media training and just basic like PR training, right? I want you to watch what you're saying. But and, how many? And then but, when it gets into like crim criminally incriminating shit. I really want you to fucking watch what you're saying because that is a career ender right there. But how much are you hurting the brand because so much of his brand is built on he is that dude in the streets. He is that dude in these situations. But he's kind of and been he a quiet it, dude, bro. He reflects it in his... Exactly. And that may, it comes across as even more savage, right? It's kind of his brand. So I think nice his, fa his fans... <laughs> right. His fans like when he's like that, I think. So... Is that just adding more toxic sauce on the whole situation? Fuck, man. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? we've, we've talked about this a ton, whether it's fucking R. Kelly, Michael Jackson, you know, whoever, right? Street, street rappers. Do you still that, support them for the art? Do you separate the art from the artist? Yeah. And how easy is that to do? Yeah. And to your point, we're kind of like enamored by this street shit, bro. We love it. We love murder, death, gangs, Fucking beef, ops. We love that shit. We like it in the same way that women like their murder mystery <laughs> podcasts and shit. Right? I guess so, it's man. It's the same thing, but it's like, yeah, at what point, you know, is, is the real world implication, you know, does it become too much? For sure. So speaking of people we thought were dead. Okay, great segue. Carol Baskin's <laughs> dead husband is allegedly alive and well. The one that everyone got let's, pissed let's, at her. Let's give it up. Let's give it up for him. What's the he's source here? He's, <laughs> I don't have a source. I don't What's think anyone had a source that no reported jumper. this. Yeah, but he is apparently alive and well down in Costa Rica. To, so shout out to him. He's with the monkeys. He's <laughs> in the jungle. He's surfing. He's doing yoga. So all do you think the, this, this Costa Rica thing? Do you think this old white lady just agreed to like make up a story that was guaranteed to go viral and be the most hated person in America for a year and? And let it ride like that? Is that what you're saying? Like, Don't ask questions. I'm uh, just I'm just here to give you the headlines. No, we're asking questions now. I'm just here to give you the headlines. I'm transitioning it into questions. No. What's the Cause I could see it being true. I mean, people have done dumb stuff to go viral since the internet was a thing, you know. I mean, even probably before that, just did you hear about the, even the eighteen hundred? I also didn't see like a picture of this guy alive in Costa Rica. Sure. So like no maybe source. he's not there. Yeah. You know, Tupac's also supposed to be in the Bahamas or some shit or whatever, right? Maybe like, she did murder this guy. <laughs> she might have actually fucking put him six feet under. Anyways. I didn't think we were going Tiger King on this episode. Yeah. That's crazy. We're covering all of our bases here, bro. <laughs> yeah. So moving on to another story that I actually found super dope. I think you would appreciate this as a producer. Okay. J. Cole 
basically released a song via an up and coming like no name if you will producer on his YouTube channel on the producers, on the producers YouTube channel on the up and coming producers YouTube channel so he found this beat mm-hmm. by literally shout out to YouTube rappers if you J. Cole or, or type producers beat? if you don't no think way. rappers are out there no even the J. Coles of the world are searching themselves up J. Cole type beat he found this super dope beat by this wow. fire producer he basically cut a record to it and his manager found the producer's contact info and the producer like you know tweeted this text conversation and it was like i thought this shit was cat like you know Ebe, who's who's cole's manager hit me up saying like yo cole fucks with your beats we found you on youtube blah 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 moral of the story is wow. you can fucking reach your favorite artist by consistently uploading fire shit to youtube tight beats tight beats still work bro because there's a, there's a lot of controversy tight, around tight beats. Tight beats are still working, bro. They're it, out here getting cold placements. It's great to hear on that. On their own YouTube channels. It's great to hear that. Because you got guys like Cash Money AP who <coughs> dominated internet beat sales for the longest time. And it did translate into placements. But these were like, you know, just barely placements. Like the, the artists that were... It was never like the, the Coles and the, you know, Kendricks and yeah. the, these type of people. So... That is the highest level. Highest level. That I've heard a tight beat finding its way to the intended artist. And sure. I hope this is not a publicity stunt, right? Because it is obviously getting a ton of publicity, hence why we're talking about it. But he sent a message to the producer once again, basically saying that, like, I want to make sure that, like, producers and the people making dope music out there are getting the love that they deserve. And it sounds like some cold shit because what's funny, bro, is that before I even saw that headline, Guess what I watched yesterday? J. Cole documentary? The Revenge documentary oh, the Revenge, that, yeah. that documented the Revenge of the Dreamers sessions. Yeah. And Cole's attitude about like having all these creatives in one place and making the best music possible and giving people that are up and coming producers and artists chances to be on records together. It was like He's like the Rick it, Rubin of It was uh, <laughs> it was almost like YouTube probably knew that this like story was circulating yeah. and it fed me this because it literally came up in like a suggested feed to watch this documentary which is from 2019 so it was it was fire wow yeah so shout it, out it, to cole man what a guy yeah that's amazing yeah he definitely same he's he he's one of those ones that like i hope he's exactly as he seems to be you know so there's a j cole song that only lives on some tiny little producer's guy's, youtube you, channel i wish i even like remembered his name no. there's not a music video is there uh there might be one coming out. No, I don't know. No, nah. no that'd, that'd be too far. It's just official audio type of thing. All right, moving on. We're going to run through some ridiculous headlines at this point. Let's do it. Nelly's gone viral. This time for what, Henry? I don't know. For looking like he's <laughs> extremely fucked up. Okay. Like on just hella Molly, hella E, like eyes in the back of his head, like fucked up. All right, how do I? Let me, I'm going to find it. I want to look at it. it. A few moments later. So right, now that so, you've seen it. So, I mean, you know, so he took a little Molly and he was enjoying himself at a concert. Let this man live, Let right? Live. Let this man live. Let, we get to laugh about it. Like, that is the consequence. Nelly, if you're watching this, you should know. The consequence of that is we get to watch it and we get to laugh at it because it's hilarious, but we still support you and we still love you. That's the Nelly content I'm here for at this point. (laughs) At this point in his career, that's what I want to see. That's what he's looking for. All right, what else has been going on this week? By the way, I uh, interned, I didn't intern, but I was like working the front desk. For Nelly? At Doppler. Ten years ago. I let him in the door. I let him and his gang in the door. Serve him some Molly? That's not my Molly. If the the feds are watching, this is a public platform. Ten years later, that's not (laughs) yours. I literally just pressed a button to let him uh, in the door. Well, shout out to you. What else has been happening this week? 
How about the AB Snapchat scandal? What happened? Oh, God. I can only assume it was on Snapchat, but go you ahead. You don't know about it? No, go ahead. He Enlighten me. essentially posted uh, very explicit pictures of his baby mama. As he should. Uh, performing oral sex on him. And, oh, God. And also one of um, him having uh, intercourse with her. <laughs> and um, What position were they in? <laughs> so you can only see her face. We're going to assume it was a clean missionary. <laughs> You can only see your face. I'm not saying that I went on Twitter and watched it, but I do know. I think I did just kind of admit that. But um, yeah, and then he later he, he claimed that he was hacked. Do you think? Uh, oh, you think wow. Antonio Brown? He went, was, he went with the hack. The hack defense. <laughs> the hack defense hasn't worked in years. Because Snapchat um, temporarily banned his account as soon as it was posted. They were and, in on and it. And he went. Uh, they were like, "Yo, we we got you. The the, the hack defense is going to work this time." Snapchat was in on it. <laughs> It's insane. They're colluding with him. I will say that's the platform to do a, a scandal like that. So that oh, it's perfectly on brand. Makes sense. Snapchat's like hell yeah. That's what happens on this platform, that baby. Is, that yeah. is. Um, okay, so moving on to some more sexual social media type of stuff. Right here we go. You're gonna love this, maybe. <laughs> Instagram, I believe. Right. Oh God, has, not this one. Has lifted the ban on titty pics. If you identify as transgender Trans or, non, or non-binary. Non-binary. Yes. Yeah. And my first question to you was, how are they policing this shit, bro? They, they can't police it because, you know, it's... That's discrimination. It's your, it's your decision how you... Identify. Identify. Correct. So any porn star, any straight porn star could just put non-binary in their bio. So is that is that what it takes? And post in the bio, tits, right? I don't know. Yeah, what are the criteria? What are the criteria to not get, yeah. you know, flagged? Yeah, because otherwise, anyone, that's why I didn't even believe this when you, when you told me. It's just like anyone could do it, right? I, I, that's what I'm saying. It's just, I mean, it's a headline, but it is. Or from, are they uh, trying to compete with Twitter? <laughs> yeah, it's. Are it's they a good like point. we're losing too much of the sex market? I think we're Twitter. about to get bare female nipples on Instagram and Facebook. One can only hope. One can hope. That would be a that would be a game changer. Step in the right direction, Instagram. <laughs> All right, what else has been happening? Let's leave it on this one. Usain Bolt scammed out of twelve million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I have no response to that. Wait, no, seriously, how, how did he get scammed? I'm not exactly sure. I think he just put you know his money in like a one of these securities and you know investment type oh, companies. Oh, some, some Madoff shit. Some Junior Madoff. Yeah, it's like a hey, baby I got Bernie these Madoff. Investments for you, you saying? I can get you fifteen and a half percent on your twelve million. <laughs> but um, it's a yeah, his twelve million is supposedly worth twelve thousand now. So uh, he doesn't deserve that, man. Shout out to the fastest man in the world. He's working with, I think, the city of Kingston to try and <laughs> figure this shit out, man. But that's not cool. You Good know luck, I mean? Usain. We love you. This has been another One More Time show. As always, please like, comment, and subscribe. That really helps us out. We hope you enjoyed this one, and we will see you next week. Sorry we missed an episode. I was literally on my deathbed. He was almost dead. <laughs> Until next week, Henry, what are we doing? Getting out of here. We're getting out of here. Peace. Party shit like one more time. Party one more time. Party shit like one more time.